Hi, my name is Stephen Mansfield, and this is your 15. The question for our 15 minutes together today is, what is the church? What is the church? Why is there a church? Why does it exist? Is it a building? Is it a denomination? Is it the Catholic Church or the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church? What is the church? And then, of course, in time, we'll consider our relationship to it. Well, the church is important for us to talk about, but it's not what most people think. When most people talk about a church, they're talking about a building or maybe an organization of people, and, and there's, there's some truth in that, no question. But the church is really something a little different. The Greek word, and, and you, you notice that I allude to Greek a lot, but Greek helps us understand sometimes the meaning of these words that are given to us in the New Testament. The, the, the Greek for church is the word ekklesia, probably best spelled E-K-K, L-E-S-I-A, ecclesia, and it means those who are called out, those who are called to be a part. Uh, it was a word that was used in the ancient Greek world uh, for a political gathering of certain types, and then, of course, the Holy Spirit decided to use that word in the New Testament for the church. So wherever you see the word church in the New Testament, it's for usually the word ecclesia, ek, out, kaleo, called out. I'm emphasizing that word because it's a perfect description of what the church is meant to be. A people called out of darkness, a people called out of the world, morally and spiritually speaking, um, and a people called to Jesus. Now, it's important for us to understand that the church came into being as Jesus was leaving this world in his bodily form. Jesus came to earth he ministered for many years, um, he was crucified, he ascended, uh, he taught his disciples, of course, during that time. And then as he was about to leave this world, he told his disciples that when he left, he would send the Holy Spirit, and that it was actually better for them that the Holy Spirit was sent because Jesus was a man. He was in bodily form. He could only be in one place at a time. But the Holy Spirit would come and would extend his ministry to all places um, throughout the world and would be able to do more than he could do, limited as he was in his body. Well, the Holy Spirit was given, of course, uh, to give birth to the church. In fact, the church was probably born when Jesus was raised from the dead, and some of you will have read this, and he breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So when his disciples, the people we call the original apostles, received the Holy Spirit, you then had people who were Christian, who believed in Jesus as the resurrected Lord, and had the Spirit of God inside of them. That's what makes the church. So it's important to understand that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to people who then begin to build a body around the life and nature of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit, and this is the church. The church is a body of people living for Jesus, seeking to be like Jesus individually and corporately, um, who are welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit replicates who Jesus is in their life. Now, the church has a purpose, and that purpose is defined in a number of scriptures in the New Testament, but the church very clearly uh, is meant, in the broad sense, to make disciples, to raise up people, to train people, to teach people, to help people grow into who Jesus is, um, and, and, and to who they're meant to be in Jesus, and then also to go out into the world 
to take the truth of Jesus into the world and to disciple them, disciple nations and disciple people groups and take the truth of Jesus into the world and teach others how to live it out. That, that's, the, that's the broad definition of the church. So if the goal of the church then is to help people live the Christ life and help people be equipped and trained, and those are two very important words, equipped and trained, to go out into the world and teach still others and train still others, then the Lord also gave us a mechanism for doing that. And that mechanism is described in a, in a chapter of the New Testament called Ephesians 4. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, which is now in a city called Kashadasi in southwestern Turkey. Um, he was helping the church get organized and get structured and deal with its problems. And he said, uh, it, was, it was Jesus who gave to the church apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now, these are five giftings, five uh, capabilities, five enablements different kinds of enablements given to certain people so that they can do certain things. I want you to understand what that means. Uh, there are people who are called to be prophets. They have the ability to see things and know things by the Spirit that others might not know. There are people called to be apostles. These are leaders. These are people who set things in order. Uh, these are people who were sent out beyond the local church uh, to have an impact in the world and to, and to arrange things so that ministry can be done. Uh, then there are, uh, of course, teachers. Uh, teachers teach the word. They train. Uh, they, they, they teach others the meaning of the word. There are evangelists. Uh, evangelists simply take the good news. The word evangelist comes from the Greek word euangelion, which simply means good news. They take the good news to others. Billy Graham is an evangelist. Others who preach the Bible to the lost are evangelists. And then, of course, there are pastors. And pastors are people who shepherd folks. That's the, that's the best image to use. They shepherd them. They keep them together in flocks. They tend their needs. They help them grow in the things of Jesus. So Ephesians 4 says that those four, those five giftings are given to the church for this reason, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is to build up the body of Christ. Now, there's a new phrase for some of you. The church is also called the body of Christ. Interestingly, the church is also called the bride of Christ. And so the Bible uses many different sort of poetic spiritual images to help us understand what the Bible is. Or, I'm sorry, who Jesus is and what the church is meant to be. So let me read this all together. It was Jesus that gave us apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ, listen now, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, till we all come into a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and become a mature person attaining Christ's full stature. Now, that's fancy language. What does it mean? It means that after we understand that the church is a body of people called out of the world, called out of darkness, called out of sin, and called to Jesus, like you call someone to dinner, called to Jesus, um, then we have to understand that that body of people called out are, are of course, led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, uh, orchestrated by the Spirit as Jesus taught us, and that part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to give uh, certain people giftings so that they can train others in the church. This is very, very important. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to the church. 
the church, uh, the the Holy Spirit enables certain people to be these pastors and prophets and so on. And the whole goal is to bring people into their individual maturity, bring the body of Christ, the, the broader group of the church into maturity so that we can do the work of the ministry, so we can change lives, so that we can disciple nations, so that we can make disciples. This is very, very important. And I want to pause here for just a moment and say, when you understand the importance of the church, when you understand the importance uh, of the true church, so to speak, not, not necessarily the building down the street or just something that has the word church on its sign, but the true church, you realize how vital it is that you are part of that Christian community called the church. I cannot make it in my Christian life to maturity in Jesus, to fulfill my destiny and my calling without the church. I need pastors. I need evangelists to teach me. I, I need uh, teachers to train me. I, I need prophets who have insight into my life and what I'm made to do. Uh, I need all of the fivefold of the ministry teaching me and training me and working with me. I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about what those are down the road in other segments. But, but I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in the people in the church so that I can be a mature man. And at the same time, they need what I do and what people like me do. I'm a teacher. I'm a trainer. I'm, a, I'm also a little bit of a statesman and work in politics and, 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 and help people to understand God's will for nations and for people groups. And, and that's an important part of the work of the church as we disciple the nations. Everybody has their function. So the church is this spirit-filled body with these uh, human giftings given to human beings to train us so that we can do the work of the ministry. And again, what is the work of the ministry? Uh, the work of the ministry is to make disciples. It's to make disciples, uh, lead people to Jesus, train them, heal them, teach them, uh, help them get over the strongholds in their lives, help them get over their own moral problems, their demons, so to speak, uh, learn who Jesus is, come into the fullness of who they are, what they're created to be, and do the will of God in the world. Now, I, I want to say right off the bat here, as we've established this, that it's important to understand that, that a church is not just a club. It's not just a place to be sitting on Sunday morning idly. Uh, it's, it's not just something you're a member of because grandmother was a member of it. Um, it a church, a true church, a true church in the way that, 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 that God ordained it is a training center. It's a place where, yes, we worship him and, yes, we enjoy human relationships, but it's a place to be, to be trained to be equipped, to be brought into a relationship with Jesus, and to be equipped to do the things that we're called to do. And I hope that for those of you who live perhaps more in Christian societies, more in the, maybe in the Western uh, world or, or, or in, in parts of the world where church is more normal, will shift your understanding of church just a little bit and not expect it to be the, uh, the, meeting, the meter of all your needs, the social club, uh, the, the relational connection, a primary relational connector of your life. Um, we, we for too long had churches where people simply sat and enjoyed the relationships but weren't equipped for anything. Every church should be a church on the move. Every church uh, should be a, a place where people are being trained and sent out, where you can see growth and new converts and disciples being made uh, and, and people being matured in Jesus. It ought to be a place of change. And so that's, that's unbelievably important for who we are and what we're called to be. So... Obviously, if we're asking the question, what is the church? The church is this body of people 
filled with the Spirit, with operating in, in the, everybody operating in their giftings and the abilities God gives them. And there are many more that we've mentioned here. We'll talk about those in future segments. And allowing those primary giftings in the church to train us and develop us to become mature in Jesus. And that is an exciting thought. That's a very exciting thought. Now, there is there are two ways to understand the church, and we'll talk more about this in future segments. First of all, there's the church, we might call it universal, uh, the invisible body of Christ, the, the, the church worldwide. And that is simply the total body of people uh, who are born again, who are Christians, who are living for Jesus, okay? That's the church big. That's, that's the church written big, broadly. Then, of course, because we're human beings and we occupy space on the planet, there has to be the local expression of that church. And you need to be involved in a local expression of that church. Now, some of you may, may be watching this in China, where you are meeting in underground churches. We understand that you're not going to be in a building that's public and, and visible. Uh, some of you are, are in networks of people that, that, that meet together for various reasons. That's, that's appropriate. Uh, again, the church is the body, broadly speaking, is the body of all the people who are, who are committed to Jesus, born again, and living in community to accomplish his purposes. But in places where the gospel is legal and where it's legal to have a church, you'll have local churches, uh, First Baptist Church or, or such and such Christian church or the Anglican Church or the Roman Catholic Church. It's important that we understand that, that any building, any local congregation of people is merely the local expression of the church universal if, if they are truly committed to Jesus. So always be aware that you need to be involved with a local body of people who are helping you grow in Jesus and where you're committing yourself as well. We'll talk more about what it means to be part of a church in the next segment. But, but it's also important that we not ever think that our local expression of the church is the church as a whole, is the church worldwide. The great news about this is that the church is a beautiful thing. It's a magnificent thing. It's the bride of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Uh, the Bible describes tenderly Jesus washing his bride, cleansing her, preparing her for the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's a great union coming one day uh, in history uh, between Jesus and the bride who has been prepared through the centuries, the total body of people who are committed to Jesus. It's very exciting to think about. We'll talk more about this, but I want you to understand the church. I want you to love it. I want you to pray for it. And I really want you to be part of it. The church of Jesus Christ. Again, not just a local building or a certain program or a certain way of perhaps doing a church program, uh, but instead an understanding that you're part of something glorious and historic and something that is being shaped into the image of Jesus to do wonderful things on the earth. And that is your 15.